On this particular Thursday morning, Mr. Fittleworth walked slowly through the rooms, stopping now and again to look at the work of the copyists, and dropping an occasional word of judicious and valued criticism. He had made a tour of the greater part of the building, and was about to turn back when he bethought him of a rather interesting copy that he had seen in progress in a small isolated room at the end of the British galleries, and turned his steps thither. The room was approached by a short corridor in which a man was seated copying in watercolour a small constable, and copying it so execrably that Fittleworth instinctively looked the other way and passed hurriedly to the room beyond. The work in progress here interested him exceedingly. The original was a portrait of James II by Sir Godfrey Neller, and the copy was so perfect a reproduction that Fittleworth halted by the easel lost in admiration of the technical skill displayed. The artist, whose name appeared from an inscription on his colour box to be Guilford Dudley, was seated looking at his picture and the original as he deliberately mixed a number of tints on his palette. "'I see you haven't begun work yet,' Fittleworth remarked. The painter looked up at him owlishly through a pair of very large double-focused spectacles and shook his head, which was adorned by a tangled mass of very long reddish hair. No, he replied, I'm just having a preliminary look before starting. Do you think your copy wants anything done to it at all? asked Fittleworth. It's excellent as it stands, though just a trifle low in tone. Not lower than the original, is it? demanded the artist. No, replied Fittleworth, but it will be in a year or so when the medium has darkened, and it's a good deal lower than the original was when first painted. The painter reflected. I'm inclined to think you're right, said he. I ought to have kept it one or two degrees higher, but it isn't too late, he added briskly. A day's work or so ought to bring it up to the proper key. Fittleworth was doubtful and rather sorry he had spoken. Raising the tone meant practically going over the entire picture afresh, which seemed a risky proceeding in the case of a finished and highly successful painting. He attempted gentle dissuasion, but, finding the painter resolved on the alteration, refrained from urging him further. "'I see,' said he, "'that the glass is on the original. Wouldn't you like to have it taken off?' "'Oh, no, thanks,' was the reply. "'There's no reflection in it from here.' The glass lets the tone down a little, Fittleworth began, but there he paused, with his mouth slightly open, and the painter started and fell into a rigid posture, with his palette-knife poised motionless in mid-air. Astonishment was writ large on the faces of both men as they listened, and not without cause, for, clear and distinct, came the notes of a hoboy playing a lively melody, and most evidently from somewhere within the sacred precincts of the building. Fittleworth remained for some seconds rigid as a statue, with his mouth open and his eyes fixed on those of the painter. But suddenly he recovered himself, and without a word darted from the room. 
Passing the watercolorist, who was looking over his shoulder and grinning, he entered the larger gallery to find the easels deserted and the students trooping out of the door, and, following them, soon found himself in a momentarily augmenting crowd of copyists, all surging towards the source of the music and all on the broad grin.